Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's how children know what to be taught. They ought to be trained up in the way they should go. And it's so tragic when children are just left to be taught by the TV and they're left to be taught by the video game to train them up in the way they should not go. That's a tragedy. And so Solomon's saying how important it is to have a child have a life built when they're a child at the 200 feet level where it's peaceful down there, not on the surface. And this is the meaning of the word blessed in these verses. It's referring to the peace that comes at the 200 feet level below the surface of the water. You know, one minute it's calm, and then the phone call rings, and a loved one's in the hospital, and all of a sudden the surface of the water changes by a circumstance. One minute you feel great, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor says you have cancer. All of a sudden, the surface of the water changes from a circumstance. But all those changes, those circumstances, they don't affect 200 feet down below. Now, in verse eight, the Lord Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So here's a description here of a person that has a pure heart. Here's a focus on the heart of man. What is the heart of man? The heart of man is what man is thinking about. It's what man is wanting. That's the heart of man, it's what he's thinking about. Reminds me of a commercial, maybe you saw this, for a commercial for learning languages where the scene is the German Coast Guard man. And the German Coast Guard man is manning his station and he's in front of his marine radio. And all of a sudden comes from the marine radio the voice of a British sailor. And he's calling out and he says, help, help, we are sinking, we are sinking. And the German Coast Guard man says, yeah, this is the German Coast Guard, he says, speaking. And the British sailor says, help, help, we are sinking. And the German Coast Guard says, yeah, what are you thinking about? (laughs) But no, but I mean, this is what happens in the heart of people think down there. So the heart of man, he thinks about things. And the heart of man desires, and the heart of man is yearning. That's what happens in the heart of man. And the heart of man is planning, and the heart of man is wanting. This is what goes on in the heart of man. This is what the heart does. The heart of man is on the inside of man versus on the outside of man. This is what, this means that the question, what is the focus on verse 8 when he says, blessed are the pure in heart, and the focus is on the inside, not on the outside. And as far as these people that were being spoken to, that he was talking to, they were taught by the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the concern of the Pharisees and scribes, it was clear It's on the outside of man. And this is what is so telling 
about the opening words of Fiddler on the Roof, or Tevye the Dairyman. He starts off, Fiddler on the Roof, he goes, the Fiddler on the Roof, he says. Sounds crazy, no? But here in our little village of Anatevka, every one of us is a fiddler on the roof trying to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune without breaking his neck. And he goes on, he says, it isn't easy. You may ask, why do we stay up there if it's so dangerous? We stay because Anatevka is our home. And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word, tradition. That's the whole theme, tradition. And he says, because of our traditions, we have kept our balance for many, many years. Here in Anatevka, he says, we have traditions for everything, how to eat, how to sleep, how to wear our clothes. For instance, we always keep our head covered and we always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you, I don't know. but it's a tradition. And because of our tradition, everyone knows who he is and what God expects him to do. That is a statement that is so telling, it's so revealing, and he goes, traditions, traditions. Without our traditions, our life would be as shaky as the fiddler on the roof. See, that's the whole theme. So now, it's very interesting, because let's now analyze what Tevye has just said. I mean, first of all, Tevye says that his life and the lives of the Jewish people are like a fiddler on the roof trying to play the fiddle without falling off the roof and, as he said, breaking his neck. So let's kind of picture that. I mean, there you are. You're standing on a shaky roof of a house, and you're trying to keep your balance. You're trying to stay focused on these unstable shingles, slippery shingles that you're standing on, and, and all of your attention should be on those unsteady, shaky the slippery shingles there that you're standing on, but you got a fiddle in your hand, and instead of using your hands to try to balance yourself, and instead of using your eyes to watch out where you're standing, you're using your hands to hold a fiddle, to play the fiddle, you're using your eyes to look at the fiddle, and you're trying, as Tevya said, scratch out a pleasant, simple tune without breaking your neck. That's really something, and that's why he says, a fiddler on the roof. Sounds crazy, no? It does. So what is he talking about when he talks about that? What he's talking about is that with every Jewish person that Anatevka is symbolic of, it really, Anatevka is the world, supposed to be a symbol of Jewish people in the world. And so what he's talking about is traditions. And what are these traditions? Tevya says, we have a tradition for everything, for how to eat, how to sleep, how to wear clothes. And then he says about the heads covered and the prayer shawls, and it's showing his constant devotion to God. So Tevya is speaking for all Jewish people, and he says that there are traditions and there are rules and there are laws for everything, like how you must eat and how you must sleep and how you wear clothes and how you have to wear a yarmulke or a kippah to cover your heads. And he says that there are traditions and laws for everything, and that's true. As a matter of fact, there are 613 laws of Judaism, which are really 630, they're laws for everything because then they spider off from there. Those laws are constantly growing under the authority of the rabbis of what they call the oral law. And the question really is, whose oral law is that? Is that the oral law from God's mouth or is that the oral law from the mouth of the rabbis who wrote it? So when Tevye then 
uh, asks the question, he says, how did this tradition get started? And he gives the answer. He tells us he doesn't know. And he doesn't know how that oral law got started because Kevya doesn't say it all got started from God. And he doesn't say, well, you can read about those in the Bible, because you can't. So he really can't tell how those got started because they didn't start from God. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ had something to say about those traditions in Matthew 15, 3. Matthew 15, 3, when he said, but he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? And he said in Matthew 15, 6, Matthew 15, 6, honor, you honor not, is for the person who keeps these, honors not his father or his mother, because he said she'll be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. So this is a conflict, because on one hand, Tevye says that all these traditions stabilize life. And without those traditions, our lives would be as shaky as the fiddler on the roof. But the Lord Jesus Christ says that because of your traditions, in Matthew 15, three, by the way, he said because of their traditions, not God's traditions, their traditions, they transgress the commandment of God. So the Lord Jesus Christ says that by their tradition, in Matthew 15, six, they have made of none effect the commandment of God. Because of their tradition, they have nullified the law of God. Because of their tradition, they stamped out, they canceled out, they quashed the commandments of God, God's laws. In other words, their traditions have displaced the laws of God. And don't just think that this is only the Jewish people. So, you know, as the old saying goes, Jewish people are just like everybody else, only more so. So Tevye says that there are these laws for everything. And he explains to us, talks about the laws for eating and the laws for sleeping and, and how those laws are extended. And we could say, yeah, and they also have a lot to say about the Sabbath and how you're to prepare the food in advance of the Sabbath and what do you do about when you live on the 26th floor in Jerusalem and you need an elevator and how there's a Sabbath elevator and how you do this and how you do that. And is that really everything? Tevye said, we have traditions of laws for everything. Is that really everything? That's the question. Is that really everything, as Tevye calls it, traditions for everything? Are there really traditions for everything? What is Tevye referring to when he says everything? What does Tevye not say that there are traditions for? Tevye is not talking about a tradition for how to look on a beautiful woman. Tevye is not talking about a tradition for how to not give a woman the once-over and then how to think about wanting to take that woman around the back of the barn. He's not talking about that tradition, but the Lord Jesus Christ is. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ does have a law for how to look on a beautiful woman when he says in Matthew 5.27, Matthew 5.27, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So when the Lord Jesus Christ said that looking on a woman to lust after her is breaking the law of adultery in the heart, I was a shock. Because here in Anatevka, we don't have a tradition for the heart. Here in Anatevka, we don't have a tradition for how to look at a woman. Here in Anatevka, we don't have a tradition for how to think of a woman in the heart. 
Here in Anatevka, we don't have a tradition for how to not lust after a beautiful woman in the heart. Here in Anatevka, we don't have a tradition for what our eyes look upon. But the Lord Jesus Christ, in contrast, says, here in the kingdom of God, we do have laws for the heart. Here in the kingdom of God, we have laws for how to look on a woman, as it says in 1 Timothy 5.2. 1 Timothy 5.2, the elder women as mothers, the younger women as sisters with all purity. The Lord Jesus Christ says, here in the kingdom of God, we do have laws for how to not lust after a woman in the heart, as it says in 2 Timothy 2.22. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lusts. In Proverbs 6.25, Proverbs 6.25, it says, lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Here in the kingdom of God, we do have laws for what our eyes look upon. As it says in 2 Samuel 11, 2, 2 Samuel 11, 2, it came to pass in the evening tide that David rose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Here in the kingdom of God, we do have laws for what to think about when you see a beautiful woman, as it says in Job 31.1, Job 31.1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? So the Lord Jesus Christ could have said, you have heard it said that here in Anadefka, we don't have a tradition for not to lust, but I say unto you, here in the kingdom of God, we do have a tradition for not lusting as it says in James 1.14, James 1.14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And in 1 John 2.16, 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world and the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So this is the difference between here in Anatevka and here in the kingdom of God. It is the difference between the outward do's and don'ts in Anatevka and the inward heart of thoughts and desires in the kingdom of God. So it's the here in Anatevka, there is a looking at the outward, and it is the here in the kingdom of God there is a looking at the inward. And this is the difference. This is the difference between how man looks here in Anatevka and how God looks here in the kingdom of God. And this is what was meant when in 1 Samuel 16, 7, 1 Samuel 16, 7, when it said, the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. The way you could say that is that the Lord seeth not as is seen in Anatevka, but the Lord, but man in Anatevka looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So what man looks on with all of his traditions, the outward, and what God's looking on is the inward, the heart, and what man looks on is how well a person was keeping those traditions. And man is judged Man judges man based on the outward. But God looks at the purity of a man's heart. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, in verse eight. And God's judgment is 
Blessed are the pure in heart, verse eight, for they shall see God. And so Tevye says that they have a tradition for everything. And he goes on, he says, even how to wear clothes, and he talks about, he gives an example, and he says, you always have to be wearing these little prayer shawls, and Tevye says, wearing the yarmulke and the prayer shawl shows your constant devotion to God. But God says, the constant devotion to God is not the outward wearing of a little prayer shawl and a yarmulke. God is saying that what's important to God is the verse that comes after the Shema. The Shema is in Deuteronomy 6.4 where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. But here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord, that's just the introduction. It's the second verse that's important. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's Deuteronomy 6.5. And so God says that to man, you want to find God? Do you really want to find God? You really want to find me? He says, I'll tell you how to do it. In Deuteronomy 4.29, Deuteronomy 4.29, he says, if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And the big question before man is that what do I got to do? That was the question that the rich man came to the Lord Jesus with. Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life, to obtain eternal life? What should I do? And what are the requirements? Give me the list. Is it 613? Then put a check mark by each one. Because I want to know, and I want to get into heaven, and I want to do what God needs me to do. And so what is the requirement list? And so the Lord says, he says what he requires of man. He's not talking about keeping tradition. God requires a man is what Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 10, 12, Deuteronomy 10, 12, when he says, and now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? And he says, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. He says, there's your checklist. Item one, fear. Fear the Lord thy God. Item two, walk. Walk in all his ways. Item three, love. Love him with all your heart. And item four, serve him with all your heart and soul. That's it. But religious leaders were teaching the people to focus on an outward, and don't worry about the inward. Don't worry about the love with all the heart stuff and all the soul. So there's a concept between what the Lord Jesus God is focusing on, which is this inward heart, love, soul, all, and the concept of what the religious leaders were focused on, which is the outward. And so what came about was this inevitable collision of concepts. And this came about, and it was building up to this, starting here in Matthew 5, but it reached its crescendo, it reached its height in Matthew 23, toward the book, where it says in Matthew 23, 24, Matthew 23, 24, where the Lord Jesus confronted them and said, ye blind guides would strain in a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, 
You may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Not against the outward, as long as it starts from the inward. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whited sepulchers, so you're like whited coffins, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partaker with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? So the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they had no emphasis on the inside. The religious leaders there, they had no interest on what's going on inside the heart. All of their focus was on the outer. All of their focus was on what man was doing, not what man was thinking about and wanting. And so the Lord Jesus taught the people this difference between the outward of doing and the inward of being pure in heart. And he said in Matthew 23, 1, Matthew 23, 1, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to the disciples, saying, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do ye not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They may broad their phylacteries, otherwise known as tefillin, and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms of feast and the chief feasts in the synagogue, chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men. Rabbi, rabbi. So Tevye has one comment, going back to Tevye. Tevye has one comment on trying to be this fiddler on the roof and keep all these traditions. And Tevye's comment is, it isn't easy. <laughs> and it isn't easy. And it isn't easy. And the Lord Jesus spoke about the it isn't easy in Matthew 23, 4. Matthew 23, 4, we just read. They bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. And speaking to those in Anatevka who are saying it isn't easy, the Lord Jesus then gives a great invitation. And he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says, he's in essence, he's saying, come unto me, all ye that say, it isn't easy. He says, uh, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if there's one thing that Jewish people know, it is that to be what they call observant, kosher, observant, to be what they call orthodox, or to be what the Bible calls trying to keep the law, it isn't easy. And that's why the invitation of come unto me is so relevant, and it resonates. In fact, it reminds me of a good Jewish friend of mine up in, in North County. He's an atheist. 
that is formed atheist society. So I was with him one time and we were talking and I practically fell off my chair when he told me that he had a favorite verse in the New Testament. <laughs> okay, what is it, I said. He says, it's the one that says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. The reason that verse was his favorite verse is because it isn't easy. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 